tonight. Come on, give God a high praise, would you, this evening? Oh, let the glory of the Lord rise among us. Amen, amen, amen. In all of my years of being in the church and going to a lot of meetings, I have never seen a generation like this generation. A generation that they're as devoted to God as this generation is. It was a few months ago that we hosted an event and there were 37,000 young people there worshiping God. They weren't there for a light show. They weren't there for some party. They went there to worship God and to hear preaching. Amen. Our youth events are larger than they've ever been. The largest, largest meetings in our district are always the youth events in the district. You know why? Because there's a generation in this end time that loves God more than anything the world could ever offer them. There's a not for sale sign on their spirit that says, I've got my eye on the prize. Aren't you glad for this generation? Amen. I told you a while back, my dad had a dream about the fruit that was on the tree. I believe that these young men here tonight, they're going to speak. We've got three speakers. All three of them are in college. Right now, they're on a Christmas break, which I feel they muchly appreciate right now. Amen. Brother Landon Kirk is going to preach tonight. He's, a, he's, he's in Bible college at Urshan, at Urshan Bible College. He's going to come and speak. Following him, Brother Aaron Toombs is going to preach. He's going to college here locally. And he's going for a, a medical laboratory, I believe. Is that right? And uh, Brother Alec is in college, and he is right now pursuing an industrial engineering degree. These young men could be doing whatever they want to on this weekend. They are young adults, but they have chosen to be at God's house. Amen. There's a word in their spirit. How many appreciate them? Amen. Come here, Brother Landon. I appreciate this young man, his legacy, his passion, his love for God. He's my buddy. Most of you know, maybe not all of you know, but Brother Landon Kirk's grandfather was a pastor of this church for 20 years, Bishop Ferris and Sister Ferris. We appreciate them. Aren't we so glad Brother Landon's here to speak for us tonight? Would you give him a hand as he preaches the word of God? Yes, sir. Go ahead, give that hand clap to the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus, we praise your name, God. Hallelujah. Jesus' name. Turn to your neighbor, tell them how good they look. Now, look at the other one. I think you chose the wrong one. Amen. Amen. It's such an honor to be here tonight. I'm so thankful for the opportunity to stand behind this pulpit that has such a rich legacy, rich history, be able to preach to you for just a few short moments of time. But I would be remiss if I didn't take just a moment to give honor where it is due to Pastor and Sister Bounds. Thank you so much for the influence you have in my life. I'm grateful for your friendship, for your leadership, for your influence. Thank you for what you're doing in this city, in this church. I know this church loves you all. Why don't you give your pastor a hand clap? Amen. Lakin, Sawyer, Jillian, Finn, love you guys. I, don't, I think Finn's over there playing. It's my buddy right there. Love you guys. To the bishop of this church, who is obviously not here tonight, about 800 miles away, 
my grandfather and my grandmother, Bishop Larry and Sharon Ferris, who are watching by way of webcast. I honor you tonight. Thank you for your vision, what you did in this church, what you did in this city. We honor you. Amen. And to this great assembly who I've had the privilege of knowing for 21 years now. Well, you've known me for 21 years. I'm probably not going to remember a few of those, but I love you all. So honored to be with you tonight. Um, I'm not going to make you turn anywhere in your Bible. I'm just going to quote you one, one verse, Matthew 121. I'm going to quote it from New King James. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. I've come to tell you tonight, hope is born. If you believe that, give a hand clap to the Lord as you're being seated. Amen. You may be seated. Christmas is the best time of year. I dare you to try to change my mind. Let me tell you, you're not going to. It's the best. I love Christmas. I love everything about it, the music. I love the family get-togethers. I, I love movies like Home Alone, although I think that somebody should have called CPS because who leaves their kid at home two years in a row? That's. I know some of you probably thought about it, but don't do that. Don't. It's... it's not a good idea. And of course, the greatest Christmas movie of all time, It's a Wonderful Life, the 1947 classic with James Stewart. Christmas is just not Christmas without It's a Wonderful Life. I love Christmas. I love going to the stores and watching everybody panic because they're last minute shopping. And I know they're last minute shopping because I'm there last minute shopping. But it's okay. I'll figure it out when I get older. Um, it's fine. I love the festivities. I, I love buying gifts. Uh, it's, it's so fun. I love it. And you better believe every time I check out and a clerk says, Happy Holidays. Pastor, I look at them and I smile with every tooth that I own legally. And I say, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I love Christmas and what it represents, but I want to remind somebody in Zanesville, Ohio tonight that Christmas is more than just giving and receiving gifts. Christmas is more than just spending time with your family. It is more than good meals. It is more than decorations on a tree. It's more than music and movies. It's more than chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Christmas is a celebration of a child who was born into a lost and dying world who would one day, 33 and a half years later, die on a cross for your sin and my sin. Pastor, I've come tonight to tell you, hope is born. Christmas is the birth of of hope, hope for a brighter tomorrow, hope in the midst of pain, hope in the middle of fear and anxiety, hope when there seems to be no way out, hope when it feels like life has beaten you to your knees and you can't get up, hope is Jesus Christ. He is the light shining through darkness. He is a healer. He is a way maker. He's a deliverer. He is peace. He is joy. He is strength. My friends, he is hope. I don't know the problems of your life, but he does. I don't, I don't know the pain that you're facing, but he does. I, I don't know what the doctor told you and you walked in here tonight with, but 
He knows it. I don't, I don't know the mountain that you're facing, but he sees it. You do not have to fear. You do not have to worry because the same God who was with you when everything was good, the same God that brought you to the top of the mountain, is the same God that walks with you in the valley, the same God that walks with you in the pits of despair when you lose your job, friend, when you lose your house. I've come to tell you, hope is born. Give a hand clap to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hope is born. He has not left you. He has not forsaken you. He is with you until the very end. Your happiness will be restored. What you lost is going to come back. Maybe not the way you left it. But God's going to restore it. And I've come to tell you tonight, He's going to add to it. The Lord gives and the Lord takes. But let me tell you, when he gives, he gives so much better than you and I could ever search for, than you and I could ever find. I want to let you sweet people of God know tonight in Zanesville, Ohio, on the Sunday night before Christmas, you have hope. Because that baby that was born and placed in a manger on the backside of Israel had a name and it was Jesus Christ. I want you to remember that he is not just a baby. He is the Yahweh of the Old Testament. They talked about it tonight. He is Elohim. I understand he came in the form of a baby. But that baby grew up and he became Jesus Christ. And because of that, you have hope tonight. God bless you in Jesus' name. Let's glorify that name today. How many are thankful for that name today? I know I'm thankful that a God who flung stars off his fingertips, a God who formed everything with his voice, a God who got down in the dirt for you and formed you, he chose to come as a baby. He chose to come in the lowest of lows, born in a manger. He could have been born in the palace. He could have been born of a king, but he chose to wrap himself in flesh and go to the lowest of lows. Why? So he was approachable. So that people who needed him wouldn't be afraid. They wouldn't be afraid to get close to him. They wouldn't be afraid to call out to him saying, I need healing, Lord. And he died for us. Gave his life to wash away our sins. To save us, he had to sacrifice himself. When Jesus was born, King Herod was afraid of him. Afraid that he would take his throne. You see, the enemy is always afraid when your life's going to be saved. Herod sent wise men to find Jesus. You may be seated. They sent wise men to find Jesus. And they said, For the bring, bring Jesus back here so that I may worship him. And of course, he was lying. He wanted to kill Jesus. But an angel came to Joseph and told him to flee to Egypt. Get away from here. Herod wants to kill Jesus. Herod then ordered the death of all the babies in Bethlehem, two and under. What was Joseph doing when he ran away to Egypt? He was protecting the sacrifice. The sacrifice that would save us all. The sacrifice that would cause the uh, the blood of the spotless lamb to wash away our sins. You see, the enemy wants to steal your sacrifice. God came to Abram and he told him, 
that he will have a son, and that his seed will be as the number of the stars, and that everywhere his feet touches, it would be his. In Genesis 15, 11, it says, and when the fowls of the earth came down upon the carcasses, Abram drove them away. You see, Abram said, how will I know that it will be mine? How do I know this promise is for me? How do I know that I will have a son, that I will be the, the father of Israelites? God told him to sacrifice. And when Abram did, birds came to steal it. The enemy came to steal away his sacrifice. Abram drove, drove away the birds. He drove away the enemy. And in doing that, he said, you're not taking my sacrifice. You're not taking that promise that God gave me. You're not taking my future. See, tonight, the enemy wants to steal your sacrifice. And you need to stand up and say, you're not taking my sacrifice. You're not taking my future. You're not taking my sacrifice because my family is coming home. You're not taking my sacrifice because I will be healed. You're not taking my sacrifice because I will be delivered. You're not taking my sacrifice because revival is coming. God's timing is perfect. One way the enemy steals your sacrifice is by getting you to stop believing that it will happen. By getting you to stop sacrificing. By getting you to stop praying. The Ark of the Covenant was stolen from Israel. They had beaten them in battle horribly. The priest was dead. Israel lost all hope. They thought God had abandoned them. But little did they know, God was fighting for them. The enemy set the Ark of the Covenant before Dagon in their camp. And then the next, the next day, the Dagon fell down. It was a statue. It fell down on its face before God. And so they set it back up. And then the next day, it fell down again. And this time, its head and its hands were broken off. And so they were trying to get rid of the Ark. Because everywhere the Ark went, there was chaos in their city. There was plagues. God's hand was upon that city to destroy them, to smite them. You see... Israel lost hope, but little did they know God was still working for them. God was still fighting for them. And so in your own life, you may have lost hope. You may think things don't look right, but I come to tell you that God is fighting for you even when you don't know it. And so you got to keep protecting that sacrifice. You got to keep protecting that thing that you gave up so that your family can be here. You got to protect your sacrifice because there is revival coming to Zanesville. There is revival coming to Cambridge. There is revival coming to Coshocton. There is revival coming to Ohio. Protect your sacrifice. Let's lift our hands today. Hallelujah. Just praise him for a moment. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you for the revival that's coming to Zanesville, that's coming to my life, that's coming to my family. Hallelujah. Praise God. Is anyone excited about that? Say amen. Praise God. Well, you've heard two and here's a third. But it's all one message, amen. It's the message of God. Do you believe that? Say amen. Praise God. I'm just going to read a short verse, a couple verses here, and then we're going to get into it. Um, in Psalms 91, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And uh, we skip down to verse 9, and uh, it says, Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. You can go ahead and be seated. So the verse that I want to focus on here just for a few moments is uh, verse 7, or verse 9, sorry, talking about thy habitation. What is a habitation? Uh, the definition is a state 
or process of living in a particular place. And so what this verse is saying is that thou hast made the Lord thy habitation. Thou hast made the Lord thy state or process of living in a particular place which is your spirit. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. We've heard about hope and we've heard about getting that which God has given us from the sacrifice that we've made. Jesus' name, in this moment right here, I want to be able to tell you that the habitation that you put yourself in is going to release those things just in an instant. Amen? Hallelujah. 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 You don't see a lion walking around in the Antarctica because it would die. You don't see an emperor penguin walking around in the savannah because it would die. It's the same way that our spirit cannot be separated from the habitation of the Lord or it will die. Hallelujah. Praise God. So what do we do? How do we get into that habitation? How do we know if we're in the habitation of God? Because you'll be eating the things that are from the Lord. You'll be eating things and you'll be consuming things in your life that are found in the Lord. Praise God. The animal that the lion eats is found in the savannah. The same way that the word that we have to consume is found in Jesus. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. And when we allow that habitation to be established in our life, we have to understand that we will be abiding in him under his protection, under what he has for our life. Praise God. In this verse, in the second part of this, it says, it, uh, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. Dwelleth saying not just dwelt or had been or visiteth the secret place of the Most High. Not someone who just comes in for a day and leaves. But the person who dwelleth as in continually habitate, inhabiting the Lord our God. And that's in our spirit. How do we inhabit the Lord our God? By finding this secret place. What is that secret place? It's something that we have to find in him. It's a secret. And, um, you know, it's something, what I mean by that is I mean that I can't show you. I can't hold your hand and show you and pull you to that secret place. Pastor Bounds can't take you to that secret place. It's a place that you have to find in Jesus. <laughs> Praise God. And when you find that place in Jesus, all of your needs are going to be taken care of. Every sickness in your life is going to go away. Every family member that's been lost is going to be saved because you found God's enlightenment. You found God's provision in your life. Has God provided for anybody? Praise God. Shout and say amen if he has provided for you. Hallelujah. So to be able to receive these things of hope, be able to receive these things of peace, to be able to receive what God, the things that we've been sacrificing for, the things that we've been praying for, the things that we've been looking for, the things that we've been asking for, has been developing us to get closer to him. You may not have even known it. You may not have even known what was happening. But what God was doing, praise God, what was happening is if, if let's say there's somebody who doesn't want you to know how to get to their house, but they want you to come, what are they going to do? Have you ever seen those movies where they put a bag on the guy and doesn't know where he's going, doesn't know what's happening, and he, they take the bag off and he's in the location all of a sudden? That is what has happened when God takes us to the secret. We don't even know how we got there. 
We just know that we had a burden. We had a burden for our family. We had a burden for the lost. We had a burden for ourselves. We had a burden to get closer to God. And all of a sudden, the bag's taken off, and we see God's glory. We feel peace like we've never felt before. We see revelation like we've never seen before. We see hope and where there was hopelessness in our life. We no longer have fear. God has not given us to a spirit of fear, but of power and of peace and of a sound mind. Amen? Praise God in Jesus' name. And to receive that habitation today, you have to continue to consume the thing of Jesus. You have to continue to find the things that God has set forth in your life. But you have to surround yourself with him. Amen? And that's through a lifestyle of walking with God and trusting in what he has for your life. In this next verse, after the, first, after, uh, the very first verse, in this, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. He is my fortress. In him will I trust. People ask you, how are you going through this? So many things are happening. You're getting hit on every side. How are you surviving? Because he is my fortress. Because I live in Jesus and he lives in my heart. He was born in a manger and he died on a cross to give me hope for a better life, for a better future, for a better Zanesville, for a better America, for a better world. Hallelujah. If you believe that, raise your hands and say, God, I receive that today. I want that, God. I will migrate myself, Lord, to your spirit. Migrate myself to your word in Jesus' name. Outstanding. Come on, magnify the Lord with me. Magnify the Lord with me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Aren't we so thankful for these young men that have delivered the word of God so powerfully tonight? Amen, amen. Brother Derek, I want you to come. Help me close this out tonight. You may be seated. I am moved in my spirit about to think that we are entering the year of 2020. Attack on every family, every home, trying to change the precedents of the Christian community. But I feel in my spirit tonight there's an uprising. There's an uprising within the states. There's an uprising around the world. And there's certainly an uprising within the church. I haven't come to leave the ladies out of the message tonight, but I want to in, in uh, force or call forth tonight the men of the church. There's a call for men to stand up. Thank God for spiritual women. We read in the scripture that Mary was visited by an angel and the angel said thou art highly favored among women. You're going to conceive, you're going to have a child, the Holy Ghost is going to overshadow you. You're going to call his name. His name will be called Jesus. He's going to save his people from their sins. But I can't find Anywhere in scripture where an angel ever comes to Mary again. One time, she's highly favored. She's viewed upon as a godly, holy lady to give birth, to be entrusted with the Son of God. But what I do find is the angel came to Joseph. And the angel said to the husband, because he thought, appearingly, she had been unfaithful. Scripture says that Joseph was a just man. 
he was a good man. And when it appeared because she's pregnant and he knows that they weren't married, they had not been together, the scripture said he was going to put her away, but he was going to put her away what? Privately to not shame her. It speaks volumes of his character and his relationship with God. Can you say amen? But what you'll find is the Lord appeared through an angel and said to Joseph, that which is conceived in Mary is of the Holy Ghost. And his name shall be called Jesus, for he's going to save his people from their sins. Luke says that Joseph, when Jesus was born, it was Joseph who named Jesus. Wasn't Mary? Mary was told what his name would be, but God went to the husband because in the order of creation, even God is not going to go around the order in which he set up for families. So what I'm going to tell all the men in the building, thank God for faithful wives. Thank God for good mothers. But there is no excuse because the wife is spiritual for you to sit back and let her do all the spiritual work. Come on, I'm a priest tonight. I'm calling for the calling of men tonight. I'm calling on some husbands tonight. Mary's been honored all over the world. I've, I've traveled to different countries and there are statues of Mary, but I don't see very many statues of Joseph. You know why? Because it wasn't Joseph that gave birth. But listen to me. Joseph was called on by God. I can't find more than one time. I know there's a prophecy that came over Simon when he went to the, tab or the temple and Jesus is there and he said the Holy Ghost revealed to me I would not die until I've seen this child. He comes in and starts prophesying, read it. It's a powerful portion of scripture but those words from the Lord through him went to the parents. It wasn't just to Mary. But what you're going to find, you can be seated. I'll be just a couple minutes. I'm leaving you a thought tonight. But what you're going to find in scripture is that when the Lord told Mary, you're going to have a child, he went and told Joseph, your wife's going to have a baby. He's going to be the savior of the world. Now from this point on, I'm going to talk to you about where you're going instead of her. Because God never intended for the man to check out from a relationship with God because mama's covering the kids in prayer. And this is, goes on. In the book of Matthew, it says this. The book of Matthew chapter 2. It says, and when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeareth to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring thee word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. He said not to marry, go to Egypt. He told Papa, he told the daddy, he told the one that gives direction to the home, Again, ladies, I'm thankful for your spiritual connection. But thank God for a husband that says, it's time to go to the house of God. Thank God for a father that says, it's time to pray. It's time to worship. It's time to have Bible study. It's daddy that sets the precedence for the family, and God knows it. Come on. Our father which art in heaven. Men, God's calling you to be a man in 2020. Honey, keep praying, but I've got some decisions to make with the Lord. Men must become sensitive to the voice of God, 
to the angel of the Lord. I'm telling you right now, God wants to give you direction for those children that he gave you. How many believe our children are from God? Come on, any of you believe your children are from the Lord? Watch this. And it goes on and says, when they went down to Egypt, the scripture says, when Herod was dead, verse 19 of Matthew 2, behold, an angel of the Lord appeareth in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, arise, take the young child and his mother, speaking of Jesus and Mary, and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead which sought the young child's life. I come to tell you tonight, many of you in this room have been dealing with death. Herod's trying to kill everything in your world, but you listen to this preacher. God is moving what was trying to kill you. He's going to kill it because God's got greatness coming to your life. I'm telling you tonight, there's joy coming. There's joy coming. There's joy coming. Joseph, what you've been protecting your family from is now dead. Now get back and go to the land I've called you to. I wish there were some men that says, I'm getting our family out of Egypt. I'm taking us to the promised land. I'm taking us to our destiny. I'm taking us to our calling. Oh, jump your feet all over the building and clap your hands and shout hallelujah. Hey, Finn, run up here with Daddy. Just remain standing. Come on, Finn. I think Sawyer's on camera. Come here, Finn. Run up here with Daddy. I have to set the precedence. I have to set the precedence. Give me five, Finn. I want you to do what I do. Will you do that? I remember Sawyer was doing that one time. It's Pete and repeat. I was in the prayer room praying. If I said, I said, I love you, Jesus. He said, I love you, Jesus. I said, I thank you, Jesus. I looked down. Sorry, it was three. He said, I, I thank you, Jesus. I got excited. I said, oh, hallelujah. I looked down. Little Sawyer said, oh, hallelujah. I started speaking in tongues. He didn't know what to say. I looked down. He said, Scooby-Dooby-Doo, where are you? What I have to understand, if he's ever going to praise God, I got to praise God. If he's ever going to be a worshiper, I've got to become a worshiper. He's not going to be looking at mama. He's going to be looking at daddy. Because daddy sets the precedence. When it comes church time and I decide to stay home and watch football instead of go to the house of God, you know what he's going to do when he gets age to make a decision? He's going to stay home and watch football instead of go to the house of God. Daddy's got to set the direction for the family. Mama, I'm glad you bring the babies to church, but it's time for daddy to start going to church. It's time for daddy to start leading the way. Come on, somebody listen to me. When it's midweek Bible study, I better understand that when it's midweek Bible study, if I don't go to church on midweek for whatever reason, guess what? My children more than likely aren't going to go to church on Sunday. Because when I make up reasons why Bible study is not important, Sunday's not going to be important later. Little eyes are watching. And Joseph, Joseph is going to set some direction. I feel like preaching here tonight because God understood. He didn't only need a mama that would protect him in the womb and be for him at the cross. But he needed a father that would walk along with him. That said, we got to get away from some things. But now it's time to go back to some things. And I'm preaching to you. Let Joseph in this church stand up right now and say, I'm going to teach my baby. 
babies how to pray. I'm going to teach my babies how to worship. If they're going to worship, I must worship. If they're going to pray, I must pray. If he's ever going to learn to leap for joy, he better see daddy leap for joy. If he's ever going to magnify the Lord by the clapping of his hand, he needs to see daddy clapping his hand. If he's ever going to turn away from Herod and get away from the things of the world, he needs to see daddy turn away from the world, turning things off when it comes across and it's not right. He needs to see daddy standing up for righteousness. Come on, is there any men in this room that says, I'm going to be the Joseph to my Jesus? I'm going to be the Joseph to my children? I wish I had some men to get out of your seat and say, I'm going to be a man of God. Come on. I'm calling for some men on a Sunday night that says, I'm not going to be a wimp that can be pushed around by the enemy. I'm going to be a man of God. Oh, clap your hands and shout. Come on, men. Come on, daddy. I'm going to stand for truth.
You know, we've got daddy-daughter banquets here. I like it. I like it. It's a good time. But you know what we need? We need a daddy-daughter praise break in the church. We need daddies and their daughters. Say, let me tell you something, honey. If he doesn't know how to worship, don't give him any time in your life. If he doesn't know how to praise him, don't you date somebody that doesn't know how to get in the altar. She ought to look at her daddy and say, I want somebody to praise with me the way daddy's been praising with me my entire life. And if you can't praise him, I don't have any time for you. Come on, any mamas out there believe what I'm preaching? I'm telling you, man, man up. Get up in the morning and start praying and say, I'm setting the precedence for my family. All you ladies, shout out there, set the precedence. Come on, shout it again, set the precedence for our family. I'm not trying to make you look like a weaker vessel, but I'm talking about God's divine order of creation. When Eve showed up with a fruit in her hand, he should have said, absolutely not in my house. He should have told her no. Before, for whatever reason, he gave in. I'm telling you, men, don't give in to the carnal nature of your flesh. Stand up righteous when others in your family are not doing righteous. Not in my house. need some Joshua's in the building. Dads will stand up with mama and the babies and say, as for me and my house, we're going to church on Sunday and we're going to praise him. We're going in with thanksgiving. We're going in leaping. We're going in shouting. Come on, get in men. Believe what I'm saying? I'm not staying home for no sport. I'm not staying home for anything. No, I'm going to get a hold of God. Come on, clap your hands and praise him. How many of you men are going to lead your home with righteousness this year? Say amen. How many of you are going to lead your home in prayer this year? Shout amen. How many are you going to lead your family in worship? I'm talking about exuberant worship. Clapping up your hands. Preachers preaching, you're on your feet saying, come on, pastor. Come on, evangelist. My family needs what you're preaching. Come on. How many are going to be the amen corner of the church? If you are, shout Amen. What God's been waiting on is you to be sensitive enough to hear his voice for your family. Seek the Lord and find out for your family whether this stuff is needed in your family or not. And the Holy Ghost will speak to you and say, you need to get away from that. You need to go here. You need to go here. Come on, do you believe what I'm saying? We need men. God's calling you to be godly men. Lift your hands all over the building. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
want, I want all the ladies in the building praying for these men. Yeah. Hallelujah. I want all the men in the room to repent. Sorry for letting my wife lead us spiritually. Every man, every man. I'm sorry for not praying. I'm sorry for not sacrificing. I'm sorry for allowing things in the home that I condemn in my heart. I'm sorry for not being obedient to your word. Come on, every man repent. Come on. I'm sorry for not leading. Instead of I've been depending. But tonight, God, I make a covenant. I'm going to become the man I want my, my daughter to marry. I'm going to become the man that I want my son to become. No regrets in 2020. I bury the mistakes of yesterday because I'm getting us out of Egypt. And I'm going home. Come on, Joseph. The angel's speaking. I'm getting us out of Egypt. That which is trying to destroy us is now dead. I'm going on to our promise. Lift your hands all over the building. Where's Buster Gladman? Is he here? Where's he at? Run up here. Run up here, Brother Gladman. Pray for us. Pray for us. Pray just like you do in the morning time. Every man, lift your home. Lift your hand. Lord Jesus, we come before you today. We ask you forgiveness, Father, of things we've let our flesh take over. We ask forgiveness, God, of things that we've put before you. God, we seek your face and your presence to be imminent in our life. We want the Holy Ghost to be part of our day every day. We want our life to reflect your life, God, your glory. 
I want your glory to be upon these men and these ladies and these children of this congregation, God. I pray for them right now that your spirit would come upon us, that you would lead and guide us into this new year, God, and that we would seek your face every day. First, oh Lord, we thank you for mercy and for grace, and we thank you for this gathering of wonderful people. Lord, bless them in Jesus' name. Now, men, there's about to be a major breakthrough in this church. And it's going to come by the men leading the way. When the pillars began to move, the Bible says the house was filled with the glory of God. Men, ladies out there that maybe your husbands don't live for God, he's going to use you in place of your husband. Somebody say amen to that. Family's not going to be excluded because there's not a man in the home that lives for God. But listen, when you live for God, there's an expectancy from God. He didn't just speak to Mary and Mary tell Joseph everything the Lord's going to do. No. God spoke to Mary and God. Go back to Samson. The Lord spoke to the mother first and then went and told the husband, this is what I'm about to do in the family. Read on. You'll find that mom and dad went with Samson. God wants men to be involved with his plan. Y'all feel what I'm feeling right now? Hey Amen. Won't you just take a moment to rejoice? Won't you take a moment to rejoice? Come on, that's it. Come on, all you men begin to lift your voice. January we're going to be taking a media fast and you hear more about it they tell me there's some championship y'all hoping the Buckeyes going to be in we'll, we'll be tolerant of but I think overall there needs to be a media fast let men step away from entertainment which has replaced the move of the spirit in your life instead of move the Holy Ghost overwhelming amount of entertainment Y'all know I'm telling you the truth. But I believe if we'll break away from that, we're going to see dancing and shouting and rejoicing and miracles and backsliders and breakthroughs in our home. Come on, how many of you ladies want to see your husbands worshiping God? How many of you want to know they're praying? Amen. I want you to all stand to your feet. I want you to clap your hands and shout with a voice of triumph tonight. in church he would do something like this he would he would skip he would skip the he would skip across the front of the church after God had healed him he woke up speaking in tongues one night he obeyed the man of God the man of God had told him said go tonight put your Bible on your bed the Lord's gonna speak to you he wasn't saved he went home and repented by his bedside put his Bible on his bed in obedience to the prophet the prophet of God and that night he had a he had had a bad heart condition it was terrible but he woke up, woke up the entire house at in the middle of the night. The Holy Ghost came and visited my grandfather, Homer Bounds. And he woke up speaking in tongues and prophesying. 
and he was saying, my son, you're healed and you're sealed. He began to shout in the church and he began to shout in his house and worship. It woke up the entire house. When he came to church, it was no longer just sitting there. He'd come to church and he would worship. Y'all know what a move of the Spirit is? That's where you don't think about tomorrow. All you're thinking about, something's got a hold of me. Amen. When he would start worshiping, he would start skipping across the front like this. You'd hear Grandpa. Grandpa bounce, he'd shout, Glory, 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 glory. And back then, they had 35 millimeter films. You remember what those were? 35 millimeter films. And in those films, there were silent films. But one film they took of the church service, it came out on this film that you didn't see with the naked eye. There was a literal dove that appeared in that sanctuary. It came out of the ceiling and it would do just like this across the audience. Every head it went over, they would throw their hands in the air just like that. You could see the dove flying. It would disappear through the ceiling. It was a manifestation, maybe like would have been seen when Jesus was baptized. There was a dove. When my grandfather started worshiping, that dove came right over top of his head, just like this, when he was shouting, glory, glory, glory. I wonder what would happen in this room if we just started worshiping him. What if God would give us a divine visitation? What if God would send his spirit among us? Come on, I feel it for every lady in the room. I wish somebody would just take a moment. I wish somebody would get out of your seat. Some of you ladies get out and begin to praise him. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, I feel the Lord in this room. I feel his spirit. He put running in my feet. He put clapping in my hands. He put praise on my lips. It makes me want to dance. Come on, anybody feel like praising him? My soul said yes to the Lord. My soul says yes. He's a great king. He's doing great things. My soul says yes. Oh, my soul says yes. Come on, men. Yes, to the Lord. He's a great king. He's doing great things. My soul says yes, 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 to the Lord. Well, he put running in my feet. It makes me 
releasing him to the family gets a breakthrough. Somebody shout hallelujah. Your spirit pray. Come on all over the building, praise him. Hallelujah. 